Good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining us again, and uh, I appreciate your time, and uh, I'm very excited to be with you tonight. Thank you for being with us. If you have not listened to last night's broadcast, or excuse me, Sunday night's broadcast uh, regarding uh, Remember the Prophecy, you need to go back. It's an encouraging word reminding us of the prophetic words that were brought to us on Sunday, February 23rd. And so now I want to talk to you in specific about the plan. Tonight will not be quite so encouraging to many of you. Uh, I hope that it gives you clarity. I hope it gives you direction. Um, but you're going to have to, um, you're going to have to pay attention because we've got a lot of information to convey to you. So let's review. February 23rd, a prophetic word comes to us. And uh, three weeks later, our physical campus is shut down. And no one has been in this campus with the exception of me and the finance team at different times across the last six weeks. We're now entering the seventh week in which this campus is basically shuttered, all right? We've taken every step to shut down things, save money, etc., because our physical space is doing us absolutely no good, all right? So tonight, what does that mean? When can we get back to our physical space? Well, the first thing that you all need to understand is my priorities. Um, and and I, I, I counsel with the executive pastoral team of uh, Sister Leela, our executive pastor, and Desi Lugo, our connections pastor. I also counsel with the whole entire pastoral team um, in making these plans. But in the end, our priorities um, are important to understand how we're proceeding. Our number one priority is the safety of you, the church member. That's the number one priority. Number two, right alongside of that, is how we as a community, as a church community, conduct ourselves has a direct impact on the witness, our witness to our community. Are we aligning to what the governor's asked? Are we cooperating? What's our witness? We're called to this by Scripture. And you have to understand that the reason that these two priorities make sense to me is that I believe the Scripture teaches us something that's in tension with our knowledge that God can heal us. There's no question that God can do anything. The three Hebrew children, when faced with bowing, worshiping an idolatrous idol, worshiping a representation of King Nebuchadnezzar, they said, sorry, we can't do that. Church, we need to be clarified here. Nobody's asked us to worship anybody but God. What the government has asked us to do is stay safe. And by us staying safe, we help our neighbors stay safe in the midst of this pandemic. There's nothing idolatrous about that. In fact, I think it's consistent with Scripture. I believe it's consistent with Scripture. The Hebrew children give us a good rubric or a good understanding of it. They say, first of all, we know what God can do. He can save us, King. Doesn't matter what you do to us, he can save us. Nothing you throw at us can take our life. But on the other hand, we don't know what he's going to do. We can't tell you he's going to save us. We can tell you he's not. As I said Sunday night, I can't promise you that you won't get sick. I can't promise you that you won't die. I can promise you that whatever happens, God is with you. All you have is God, and God is all you need. Now it comes to what do we do? And the Hebrew children said, King, what we do is informed by our relationship with God. We're not bowing. Throw us in, don't throw us in. 
It doesn't matter. We're not going to bow. So they understood what God could do. They understood what God had required of them to do. And they left in the hands of God what God was actually going to do. So you have to understand that I know God can heal us. I know that God can keep every single one of us from getting COVID-19. And to date, to my knowledge, nobody has it in our church. But I can't tell you what God will do. I can tell you what I'm going to do. Second part of this is you have to understand is that none of us are indispensable to the kingdom. In other words, if one of us doesn't do what we're supposed to do, the will of God will still be achieved. He'll just do it through somebody else. If one of us is stupid and goes out and stands in the middle of traffic, I cannot promise you that a car will not hit you and kill you. Whatever God had for you, whatever opportunity you had within the kingdom will pass on to another member of the kingdom. I'm not even telling you you won't be in heaven. I'm not telling you you won't be saved. But I'm telling you, you have choice that impacts what your involvement in the kingdom can be. I want to live. It's as simple as that. Now, if I don't live, I'm okay with that. Part of the thing I have to watch my tone tonight as I talk to you about this is that I have gone to dangerous places already. Multiple times. I'm not afraid to die. I just don't plan on intentionally trying to die. So that is the premise. That is the place from which I'm coming and our pastoral team is coming in how we're structuring, how we're moving forward, the safety of our church members and the good witness to our church community. So first of all, we've got to talk about sequence, not timing, because the timing is not even able to be talked about yet. Currently, Delaware is not in a downward trajectory. And to my knowledge, neither is Maryland, PA, or New Jersey. They're not in a downward trajectory. Until we're in a downward trajectory and sustaining that downward trajectory for two weeks, we can't even begin to talk about timing. It's an irrelevant conversation. It's pointless. It doesn't help us. So the first thing to talk about is when the timing is right, when the timing has come, what's our sequence? Well, the first sequence, the first thing we're going to do is allow our small groups to come back together in person. The reason for this is several. Number one, we can monitor and adjust our small groups. If something happens within them, we can shut them down. We can go back virtual. We can address it, whatever we face. Second, if small groups beginning to meet in person cannot happen until phase two of the national plan. Why? Because most of our small groups are greater than 10. And the numbers as far as groups meeting together with less restrictions are 10 in phase one, 50 in phase two, and then, of course, phase three easing off, except for those that are under the most um, risk. We want to reconvene in-person church when all can be present. I don't know if we can achieve that goal. There may be a season where we need to reconvene, but our elders cannot yet come out. But we want to, if at all possible, when we come back together, we want it to be a time of celebration, a time of momentum, a time of re-energizing ourselves as we fulfill the prophetic word that has been given to us. So here's the deal. If you force me to give you an estimation, which is all subject to, to developments and we will be ready to gather together at the appropriate time hear me very clearly we are not shutting down 
forever our physical campus. But I don't think we're coming back together until fall. I know some of you right now are about ready to throw something at your computer screens. Some of you are depressed. Some of you are saying, oh, no, pastor. But hear me. We got work to do. Because this is what's exciting. Right now, we are in the process of opening our second campus. You say, wait a minute. You just told us our first campus, our physical campus, is shut down. Why would you open our second campus? Ah, we are opening our second campus. It's called our digital campus. I am so pumped about this. Even before COVID-19 came, for several years, staff can tell you I've been talking about and rumbling about and pushing for us to get online presence, not just a window into our services, not just a look into what we do in our physical space, but literally a dedicated space that is focused on those people who are not going to come to us physically first. They're going to go to the digital world. That's where they think they can get religion and truth and all kinds of things. And we create a space that reaches them. Well, now COVID-19 has forced us to this. We have to meet on a digital campus. So why don't we get real intentional about that? And that's what we're in the midst of doing. So the reason I'm not too bummed out about the second trimester is because we are opening our second campus. We got lots of work to do. And you all have things you need to do involved with it as well. So what does that mean? It means in my mind that second trimester, May through July, will be done on our digital campus. We've just moved locations, folks. It's not that we're not the church. It's not that we're not meeting. We've just moved locations. We're not at 73 Salem Church Road, our physical campus. We're at our digital campus. Now, its specific location and how it all operates, well, it's a little messy right now. You know, we're setting up chairs. We've got portable uh, speakers. We're, you know, things are, things are messy right now, but hang with us. Step by step, you're seeing that we're getting things cleaned up. We're figuring things out. We're finding the right space. And so stay with us. Social media is not our digital campus. It's kind of our, our loudspeakers. It's our, our broadcast place. But that's not our digital campus. And so stay with us. We're going to keep communicating to you. But we're opening our digital campus. And so during the second trimester, May through July, we're just simply meeting on our digital campus. Well, what about August? I don't know. That's three months away. Pastor, are you telling us that if things change, you won't bring us back together in July? No, that's not what I'm telling you. I'm telling you that as soon as it is appropriate, we will come back together. But in the meantime, we're going to meet on our digital campus. We're going to build our digital campus. We're going to figure out where to rent. We're going to figure out where to have service. We're going to figure out all of the things. You're going to see changes in how even our, our gathering hub is working and things, elements that are present in there because we're opening our digital campus. And when we come back together on our physical campus, we will still have a digital campus. So what about small groups? Well, Desi's gonna to come to you in just a moment here and talk about that for a few moments, but small groups will meet weekly and each week will alternate between the lessons we had planned for the second trimester and the small group connects, all right? So we will meet every single week as we have been but we will alternate on what the content of that meeting is. And so let me pause here and let Desi talk to you about the specifics of the schedule and, and how things are gonna operate with that, and then I'll come back to you. Good evening, Newark family. I trust that you are doing well. 
and hopefully you're staying healthy and safe. I just wanted to give you a quick update on what's going on with our small groups. As we get ready to go into the second trimester of May, June, and July, by now I'm sure many of you have realized that the shelter at home order is staying in place probably longer than many of us expected. And so on the pastoral team, we have done our best to prepare for this and we're trying to think and plan ahead and continue to find ways for us to stay connected together and to stay engaged. During the month of April, we've done small group connect meetings every single week where we've encouraged all of you who are a part of a small group to join with your small group family for a time of prayer and a time of checking on each other's needs, and then some family talk discussion questions to continue to facilitate interaction and to help us draw closer together. And hopefully you've learned a few things about your fellow small group members. Maybe you've shared some funny stories and had a chance to have a few good laughs and walk away with some new ideas and some new impressions about your fellow small group members. Well, I'm happy to announce that during the months of April, or excuse me, during the months of May, June, and July, just as we have done in April, we're going to continue doing these small group connect meetings. So that means that your small groups are going to continue to meet and they're gonna to continue to check on each other. They're gonna to continue to take prayer requests and we're gonna to continue to have these family discussion questions. However, what's changing is in addition to these small group connect meetings, we are also going to have our regularly scheduled small group lessons, just as we would during a regular time, during the second trimester, during May, June, and July. So here's how this is going to work. To make it simple and easy for everyone, here's what you need to remember. You are going to have small group every single week as we continue in this shelter at home mode every single week. So if your small group has been meeting on a Tuesday or a Thursday, it's going to continue to meet on a Tuesday or Thursday. If your small group has been meeting at 10 a.m., it's going to continue to meet at 10 a.m. If your small group's been meeting at 7.30 p.m. after the evening devotion at 7 p.m., it's going to continue to do that. For you, the schedule is not changing. So please build your family routines around the idea that you come together for the evening broadcast at 7 p.m. and continue to build your family routines around the idea that every Tuesday or every Thursday, either at 10 a.m. or at 7.30 p.m., you're gonna continue to have small group. On the teaching team end, here's what we are going to do. We're going to alternate weeks. You're going to continue to join the same WebEx bridges that you have been joining. You're going to continue to do everything the exact same. The facilitator will have the small group lessons. And one week they will do the small group connect. And the alternating week they will do one of the small group lessons that we already had prepared for the second trimester. And so each week it will alternate between a small group connect where you check in with each other, you take prayer requests, you have a time of extended uh, prayer, and then you have some discussion questions. And on the alternating week, we'll do the standard lesson like we normally do. The standard lessons that we normally do will be posted on our church website at newarkupc.info. And so you will be able to go to that website and download the lesson before your small group meeting. And in addition to that, the facilitator who's hosting that WebEx bridge will share on their screen the small group lesson. So that way, whether you've downloaded it ahead of time or you're just simply looking at their screen, you will be able to follow along. So in quick recap, here's what you need to remember. Small groups are not going away. Our weekly meetings are not going away. 
In fact, as long as we continue in this shelter-in-place mode, your small group is going to meet every single week. We want to continue chances. We want to continue to provide chances for you and your small group families to talk to each other, to check on each other, to connect together. All you need to do is help your family get into a regular rhythm where they join their small group every single week, whether that's on a Tuesday or a Thursday, whether that's at 10 a.m. or 7.30 p.m., and you need to prepare to spend one hour with your small group. That's all we're asking you to do right now. Spend one hour a week with your fellow church family. This is less than the amount of time that you would spend regularly on a Sunday morning. And in addition, we're getting lots more word as we continue to have other means of connecting with you in our evening broadcasts each day except Monday at 7 p.m. So although we're not able to meet in person, Newark family, we are doing our best to continue to meet together, to gather together, to be of one mind and one body and one spirit, to continue to pray together and encourage each other and fellowship together. Oh, and one more final note before I sign off. Many of you have joined us via your smartphones or your camera, or excuse me, your computers that have web cameras. And I would encourage the rest of you who are able to do it, please turn your camera on. It's been a long time since we've been able to see each other face to face. And we want to see you. We want to see your face. We want to be able to smile with you. We want to be able to interact with you. If you cannot do that, continue to join by phone. We want to hear from you. But for all of you who are able to, turn on your cameras. I know you may not be used to it. I know it's a different format. It may even be a little weird for you. We might even see your house or whatever that looks like. It doesn't matter. We just want to see you. We want to continue to interact with you. So God bless you, Newark family. Continue to join your small groups. Turn on your cameras. And let's work through this together. Let's continue to trust in God and let's see where he's taking our church during this new and very different time. All right. Thank you, Desi. I appreciate that. And uh, I hope that that clarifies things for you. And if things are not clear, if you've got questions, feel free to call the church office. Feel free to email Desi. Uh, feel free to reach out to us and we will continue to communicate with you. Now, I need to say something that's going to feel a little rough. This does not apply to all of you but it applies to some of you. Stop cutting small groups. They're not optional. You don't cut small groups during COVID-19. They are even more important than they were before. Aren't you glad God was leading us to be structured this way? Think of what would have happened to us as a church if we did not have small groups. The ability for these small groups to be there. Small groups are the place where first response happens. This is where you go for your first needs. You need to be caring for one another. This is integral. It's important. As you already know, the pastoral team has divided the entire church up into groups, and we are all reaching out to you and caring for you and interacting with you. But that's from the pastoral team. The first level of care comes in your small groups. Now, if you're listening tonight and you're not in a small group, I don't know what to say to you. Because guess what? We've had small groups now for three years. Newark, congratulations. This is our third birthday for small groups. But if you're not in one, you're not going to get the same level of care. So I need you to get in a small group. And it's never been easier to get in a small group. All you got to do is email or call, get a hold of Desi, and he'll put you in a small group. We can grow them a little bigger than we would in a house. 
We need everybody in a small group. But I've got to say to you, some of you are thinking, well, I don't, I don't like these connect group things. You know, these, why are we asking these questions? And they, they don't make any sense. Now, please understand, if you're sitting there going, Pastor Steve's targeting me. No, there's been multiples of you who don't like these. And I want to address that for a moment. The reason is, is you're not liking being vulnerable. Yes, that's the problem. You want to be spiritual. You want to stay in the word, but you're hiding behind the word. You're doing sanitized Christianity. Jesus got in trouble for this all the time. The Pharisees wanted to be hiding behind their laws and their rules and their word. And Jesus got down where real people were. He ate meals with them. He did things with real people. He got intimate with those people. Not in a sexual manner. In a vulnerable manner. You don't like these questions. Because they're causing you to share things that you don't want others to know. That's called shame. God's come to set you free from that. Well, I'm busy. Really? That busy? You don't have time for one hour for your church family? Each of our broadcasts is less than 30 minutes times six. That's the Sunday morning and the Sunday night services. All we're asking you to do is spend one hour each week. That's the same as two hours every other week. It's the same time commitment. You've got to make it a priority. Second thing, if you are not calling in, but you're using a device that has a camera, turn it on. We need to see one another. We cannot touch one another, but we need to see one another. It's critical that we see one another. The optimal is the ability to see an entire person and be in their presence. They can touch us, we can touch them, you can see their facial expressions, you can see their body posture, and you can hear their voice. Well, you can't do that. And so on a camera, you're not going to see the whole body. You're not going to see the body posture. But at least we can not only hear your voice, but also see your facial expressions. It's critical that you turn on your video camera. We're six weeks in, folks. Hiding behind, I don't know how to do this tech stuff is not acceptable. You have somebody that can help you. If any of you are having trouble, call the church office. We will connect you with Tina Penn. Tina does tech support for our school systems. She has volunteered to help any of you and has already helped some of you. We will help you. We will work with you. But if you, we're not telling you to go buy a new device. But if you have a camera, turn it on. Stop bailing out or coming late. To small group meetings. Why is it so important that you're present at small groups? Because the first responders in the care of each member of the church is the small group. It's where you go for your care. It's your family. The entire church, as you know, has been divided into pastoral care groups. And so each member of the pastoral team has people that they are caring for, reaching out to, calling, but we are not the first responders. Our first responsibility is to equip the church to do the work of the ministry. You, the members of the church, are called to do the work of the ministry. And this happens in the small groups. So please, don't cut small groups. Don't be absent. Make it a priority. 
So, as we move forward, what is critical? Attend the nightly broadcasts. Now, what's going to happen in May is you're going to see a shift happen in our nightly broadcast. Saturdays, Sundays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays will continue with our current format as we innovate with some other things, trying to get some worship elements in there and, and other aspects. Wednesday nights, though, are going to be live, not just simulated live, but actually live Bible study for 30 minutes with a Q&A afterwards. So you don't want to miss it. If you want to be able to interact, you need to be present. And then Friday nights are going to be a live interview with pastors, missionaries, church officials. Again, about 30 minutes of the interview and then 30 minutes available to take questions and to interact with you. All of these are going to have engagement elements, things that we're directing you to engage in your own personal life with your neighbors safely and with your community, again, safely. So attend your small groups, both the ongoing discipleship ones and the connect ones. Be there present at the nightly broadcast. If at all possible, be there at 7. Fix your routine. Now, tomorrow night, we're going to turn our attention to giving. And again, I want to tell you, I'm not going to be dealing with pushing on you about giving. I want to give you biblical principles about how do we give in this season. And then Thursday night, we're going to talk about what if we were a persecuted church and How's that impact how we're operating now? And then finally, digging our own wells. So I understand that this plan may not meet what all of you are, are wanting. But I believe that this is right in line with where God is taking us and what he's growing in us. He's with us. He's given us a specific prophetic word. And we need to believe and trust that prophetic word and act accordingly. So, we're still having church. We just have a different location. We're going to reopen our main campus, but we're going to do it when it's safe. We're going to open small groups in person first, and we're going to take our time so that all of you are safe and we can, to the best of our ability, shepherd you through this time of crisis to the other side and we believe that in this time of crisis, God is building us both for what we're doing now and for what he's going to have us do when the crisis is over. If you have any questions about this, feel free to call us, reach out to us, and we'll continue to communicate with you. Thank you for having time and spending time with us tonight. I pray that God would bless you and be with you. And may his face shine upon you and give you strength and give you mercy and give you comfort. I love you all. God bless you. Good night.